Hello everyone and welcome back guys to episode 11 of Jamie and I's F1 2021, the unnamed motorsport podcast, where today we're here back reviewing the French Grand Prix and straight off the bat, I'm going to say, last time round Jamie, I said the French Grand Prix was going to be a banger, you slagged me off and what happened? Well, that's pretty good actually. <laughs> it was... An incredible race. Well, it was a good race. It was a, it was an awful race. I'll be honest. As I have it time, it was it was all the I, I pain brought it. into one. I'm sure you yeah you did quite enjoy it <laughs> as well there. But yeah, I mean, it was it was decent. Uh, you been up to anything though before we dive into the nitty gritty? I see your trackside reporting today with a mic. Yep, I've got my uh, my handheld mic out, <laughs> and I'm in a different yeah, we, background than usual, but you know. <laughs> we, we've, we probably should explain, uh, Jamie's gone back home this weekend, so we've literally spent the last 20 <laughs> minutes him running around trying to A, get a laptop to record with, B, find a webcam or camera or microphone that find works microphone. somewhat <laughs> decently. So it's not brilliant, but it's also hopefully still going to be audible for you guys. Uh, nonetheless, I mean, this series is so unstructured and uncoordinated as it is, it's probably not going to make too much of a difference there. But of course, let's dive in then uh, to the French Grand Prix, of course, uh, qualifying. I want to say, first of all, thank you to Yuki Tsunoda. Him bottling it meant I managed to get home for the rest of Q1, which I was really happy about. <laughs> I actually missed the entirety of qualifying, so you're going to have to inform me of what happened. <laughs> Fair enough then. So, uh, what happened in Q... Uh, so, Q1, like I said, uh, Yuki Tsunoda binned it immediately. Um, I mean, what can we say about... I mean, qualifying at the moment, that's what, the third time I want to say he's crashed this year in qualifying? Second yeah, or third, is, isn't yeah. it? It is third. Baku Monaco, Baku, yeah, as well. And now Paul Ricard. It's... I mean, it's so difficult, isn't it, man, with Yuki Tsunoda? I mean, he, he was quiet yeah. all race as well. He did all right. He, starting from the pit lane, he got up to, I think, 13th in the end. So it was solid enough. he finished enough. behind George Russell. Yeah, but George did a very good race, too fair to him. Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, Yuki Tsunoda, do we believe he's going to get another year? Or do we believe oh, Red yeah, Bull might be looking so. to... You reckon he'll get another year, do you? Yeah. He's only, Red Bull won't he's, be looking because he keeps he's been a, in it. He's a day older than me, so he's still young. <laughs> Is he a day older than you? You've never told me yeah, that. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, think, technically, yeah. it's probably even less than that, isn't it? Because he's born in Japan. Yeah, it'll be in a matter of hours, but yeah. <laughs> the more by, you know. That's by the by, really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but he'll yeah, get another no, year think, quite easily, I think. You reckon he'll get another year, do you? I think he certainly yeah. needs to sort out his qualifying. Race, he's absolutely fine. But the fact he's going out in Q1 in a car that... I mean, Gaz, I think Sonoda, let's be fair... Should probably be Q2 week in, week out in that Alpha Tower. Yeah, I'm not saying be. he should get the same sort of qualifying pace as Pierre Gasly out of it, but he should be sort of looking, you know, sort of P12, P13 most weekends and then being able to sort of get into the top 10 on better strategy with fresh tyres. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, it's definitely fair. I mean, Gasly, I think they said five out of seven races he's been in the top six in qualifying now, which is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. The last Gasly's <laughs> putting in in qualifying is insane. Yeah. so far this year like fair play to him he's he's one of the best qualifiers we've seen this year up there with sort of Charles Hamilton and Verstappen I think early on yeah. in this world championship but yeah I mean so we saw Sonoda bin it instantly somehow no he did destroy the gearbox didn't he Mick Schumacher then also binned it managed to therefore put himself into Q2 yeah. because he binned it so we he's saw there. quite possibly the best thing from Haas all year and for a brief period we all forgot that they hired Nikita Mazepin 
uh, with the funny warrior. He's, uh, taken after his uh, taken after his father, isn't he? Crashing and qualifying yes, yeah. to secure his good spot. Exactly, exactly. He didn't didn't get put to the back of the grid though for it. Um, no. <laughs> as well there. But yeah, somehow he didn't destroy the gearbox. That left Lance Stroll out in Q1 as well as Giovinazzi, I want to say. No, it was Raikkonen. It was Raikkonen, sorry. Yeah, Raikkonen was P18 money in the end. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you had uh, Nikita Mazpin. Latifi missed out on Q2 by two thousandths of a second. That was heartbreaking for him. Um, Q2, pretty uneventful for the most part, from what I can remember. Don't think really anything yeah, major happened. Standard, I think. Um, obviously, we saw George Russell go out, uh, Giovinazzi go out. I think Ocon then was it was well. Ocon went out, Vettel went out, and, and Schumacher had crashed previously. Yeah, and Schumacher had crashed previously, of course. So, pretty uneventful. Then Q3, of course, again. Um, it was Obviously, like any Q3, it's sort of exciting to see everyone on the laps, but there was no dramatics or anything like that. No major surprises either way. I want to say Alonso I was, did I quite well. I was surprised by uh, how quick Verstappen was, to be perfectly honest. But, well, the first runs, he was mega, wasn't he? He was like four yeah. tenths clear of Hamilton. And then second run, he, Hamilton found more time than Verstappen did, but it wasn't quite enough. And Verstappen still got the pole position there. Uh, like we, we were actually talking beforehand, though, obviously, uh, pre-show, uh, the split, the mini sector times came out for Paul Ricard as well. And I think Hamilton was only fastest in one mini sector around the entire lap of anyone in Q3. Verstappen was clear around about half the lap, and then quite a few other cars, yeah, were really strong in other places as well. It was kind of weird to see, obviously. I think it's yeah. generally because of, obviously, the hybrid technology and everything like that. Obviously, everyone's deploying at slightly different times, obviously, the last of the yeah. battery and things like that. So, yeah, we had Verstappen on pole, though. Hamilton, Bottas, Perez rounding out your top four. So we were like, right, we've got Hamilton, Verstappen, and we've now got, hopefully, both of their teammates actually able to do something this weekend as well there. So, yeah. Jamie, talk us through the start. Well, it was a pretty standard start, really. Like, the top four got away fine, all in order, and then going through turn one, they were fine as well, and then Verstappen... So maybe tire heating. I, I noticed. I don't know. It felt like ages from between, on the end of the formation lap, he was back on the grid like about a minute and a half before the lights went out. It felt like, so maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah. Anyway, he did bottle it a bit in turn two. Got loads of oversteer, and that meant he had to go off the track. And Hamilton did the lead. Um, I was a bit depressed because it's like, oh, Hamilton's leading at France. That's it. That's the race done. <laughs> and then luckily the Red Bull had a bit more pace, so it was able to fight back. But yeah, the start was pretty much other than that fairly standard and george russell lost about nine places which I yeah really russell went backwards off the start wasn't he yeah, yeah it wasn't wasn't the best start russell doesn't seem to be particularly great at starts at the moment i don't know what's going Whatever. wrong with him but even when he i was feel like most teammate, grand prix yeah back in 2019 i feel like most grand prix weekends russell ends up behind latifi at the start and then just romps away from him yeah but yes, yeah, so obviously we saw that oversteer from Max Verstappen in through the first couple of turns. Um, lucky not to obviously wallop the curb as he tried to rejoin the track there. He sort of had to almost second guess himself, didn't he? Really late on, yeah, and avoid hitting the curb and the bollards. Bollard. Yeah, yeah, because I mean that could have literally destroyed the front wing, and he could have gone flying straight at like Valtteri Bottas or even Perez if things had gone even worse for him. But yeah, that yeah. obviously the start of the Grand Prix. Um, like we saw at Baku, really, wasn't it? The first half of the race, pretty dead from there. I mean, we sort of saw Verstappen holding the gap uh, to Lewis Hamilton behind him. They were about a second and a half to two seconds throughout a lot of the first stint. Uh, Bottas then about the same. We saw Perez drop back a fair bit more 
are behind them, and sort of a lot of the, what mm. was going on was in the midfield. Unfortunately, whoever still decides to do the race directing at Formula One decides that we'll watch Hamilton and Verstappen go around two seconds apart, and we'll see the overtakes going on in the midfield in some tiny little box. <laughs> To be fair, I prefer a tiny box to not seeing them at all. It's a good step. <laughs> yeah, but put Hamilton and Verstappen in the tiny box. It's not that difficult, yeah, surely. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a bit of fighting. I think both the Clarence had bad starts, so they were coming back through. Um, they both got past Alonso at one go, which is quite interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, Alonso really struggled early on. Science was chilling in fifth until Ferrari remembered that they're Ferrari and uh, did some. I don't even know what was wrong, but yeah, Leclerc and Science were fifth and seventh at the start. Leclerc yeah. did a mad strategy at first, got back up into what effectively was fifth, and then had to pit about twenty laps before anyone and finished sixteenth. So wasn't wasn't brilliant for Ferrari. They ended up with no points as well. I think Science ended up at eleven. No. So No. And I think it's important to mention, isn't it, this weekend, of course, Ferrari, they confirmed pre weekend that that was it for twenty twenty one car yeah. development for them. And you think if Charles Leclerc's finished sixteenth, then you've just decided that nah, we're not doing anything with this car. McLaren must be there going, We'll have P three then, thanks boys. Yep. Alphatari are probably thinking for FP4 as well at that rate. But, um, Impossible. Think, yeah, that's a good point, actually. I think it was just the tyre wear, to be fair. The, the pace was yes, still good. Yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah. I think uh, there was some rumours going around that I saw talking that uh, the new higher tyre pressures that we saw brought in for this weekend didn't suit Ferrari either, which I yeah. think kind of makes sense, obviously, because they've got quite a good aero car this year. Obviously, very, very strong around the higher aero circuits, obviously, like the tight, twisty bits. Uh, so obviously having lower tyre pressures mean you can put the power down a bit easier. I think they're still struggling a little bit, obviously, with putting the power, obviously, the lack of power, uh, but putting the power through the rear tyres still. So obviously having those lower pressures means obviously you've got a wider surface area, which obviously means you can put the power down uh, just that little bit easier. So I think, yeah, if we see the tyre pressures get tweaked around a bit again, uh, Ferrari might come back a little bit stronger over the next couple of weeks. But then we start to see, as we get towards about one-third race distance, most of us have fallen asleep at this point. Not a lot's happening at this stage of the Grand Prix. Finally, things get a little bit interesting. Valtteri Bottas, first man into the pit lane. Yeah, so he was going for the undercut on Verstappen, basically, because I think there was about one and a half second gap or something between them. Yes, yeah. For second place. And then, obviously, that triggers his pit stop window. So Verstappen pits the next lap. He's about one point... No, he's about three seconds, I think, behind Hamilton. I think it was 3.1, they said. Um... And obviously, Mercedes could have covered the same lap. They could have just pit Verstappen and Hamilton at the same time. They chose not to because they thought he was safe because 3.1 seconds is a very big gap. Um, Verstappen didn't have a particularly good stop. I think it was 2.4. Covered off Two Bottas. Two and a half, I think. Yeah. And then covered off Bottas quite comfortably. Came out ahead still effectively in second place. And then one lot later, Hamilton pits. Um, and Verstappen has done the maddest lap of his life and has closed up the three seconds of one out lap. Mercedes stopped it was... two tenths faster as well, so it was a good yes, stop. Yes, yeah. So effectively, you got three point three seconds that Verstappen had to make up on that outlap, and he managed to do it somehow on fresh hards, which apparently don't warm up as well as the rest or something. But he no. didn't care. So <laughs> yeah, Verstappen took the lead into turn one. Very good move. Uh, really fair, equal for everyone. Just Verstappen out showing Hamilton clearly, and yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> With about a 70-kilometer-an-hour advantage <laughs> down in towards that first corner. Yeah, just pure driving ability. But yeah, Verstappen then took the lead. And then sort of was under pressure for the first part of that stint, really, on the hards. Mercedes were right on his tail, both Hamilton and Bottas right behind him. 
Um, and everyone started talking about tire wear, which came into it quite a lot later. Yes, yeah, it was really interesting to see, wasn't it? Because we sort of saw Bottas not get the undercut on Max. So I think everyone just sort of thought, because Bottas was slightly closer to Verstappen, wasn't he, when he pit, yeah, uh, than Verstappen yeah. was to Hamilton. So I think everyone just sort of thought, you know, oh, this is a done deal then. Hamilton's going to come back out. He might have lost a couple of seconds. He might struggle maybe a little bit to get the tyres up to temperature, but he should be able to hold on. But yeah, how on earth Max made up three seconds in that one lap, I will never quite understand. Uh, I'll be honest as well. So obviously, next two laps though, Mercedes really piled on the pressure. Obviously, Hamilton's got slightly fresher rubber. I think they already knew Max must have taken a chunk out of his tyres on that outlap to obviously get the jump on Lewis as well there. And I think we hear Max first of all on the radio saying, you know, I can't cope with this pressure throughout to the end of the Grand Prix. Uh, Hamilton and Bottas both behind him going, obviously, with all this dirty air. We're going to struggle to get these tyres to the end of the Grand Prix. So then we were sort of um and ah and, you know, could we see uh, perhaps Mercedes try and pit Hamilton early, get the undercut on Verstappen, and then come out ahead of him? If we saw that, though, would Verstappen and Christian Horner just decide, right, we're keeping Verstappen out to the end of the Grand Prix if he gets... If he gets caught at the very end, he gets caught at the very end. We don't really know. I think that's obviously a bit more like Spain. I think Red Bull was so worried about having a repeat of Spain, they sort of felt like they had to make the first move, didn't they? Yeah, I think if they'd have had another race like Spain and Hungary, they'd have just been like, you're never learning. And when you're not learning in F1, it's a very bad sign. So it was a yeah. good decision for to pit first, I think. The Mercedes would be kicking themselves, obviously, because they could have pit whenever they wanted, like for another set of hards, maybe, and tried to preempt their undercut, which maybe would have put Verstappen in a, w- a worse place. But like, Red Bull pretty much nailed it, and it wasn't long actually. So Perez was leading temporarily, and he was definitely yes, on yeah. one stop. He went like almost ten laps further than anyone else on the medium. Yeah, I was going to mention Perez. So yeah, yeah. He, would, Perez... he pretty much nailed it. Yeah, Perez. Obviously, we'll speak a bit more about him later on. But the fact he managed to get those tires to lap twenty-five. And I think this is the thing that proves how good Perez is as a driver, but in a very different way to a lot of the other top drivers we've got in the sport at the moment, is where a lot of drivers might look at sort of how the next 10, 15 laps are going to go, like we saw with Lewis and Max. Perez completely looks to the chequered flag from lap one, it feels like. Yeah. If you get like His race pace, like mid-stint and late-stint, is always like phenomenal. It's always up there with Verstappen, yeah. whatever. It's maybe just the first few laps on a set of tires isn't great usually. So he drops back a bit, but then comes back towards the end of the race. But if it yes, works for yeah. him, it works for him, doesn't it? You end up on the podium. So I'm exactly. sure he's pretty happy. <laughs> he's, he's making it work at the moment for him, isn't he? Young Sergio Perez. And I think that's why, obviously, we've seen in the past him able to get those podiums away uh, when you didn't think he would. Because obviously, he just seems to look at the bigger picture a lot more than pretty much any other driver does in Formula 1 at the moment there. So, obviously, we saw him pit lap 25. We saw the top three moaning about their tyres a lot. So then we saw... I personally was starting to wonder, you know, could we see Perez come back really strong at the end of this race and maybe make up a couple of moves as well there? But obviously, Max then sort of shuts down that theory, pits lap 31, um, and then he's instantly, of course, gaining. He goes back onto another set of mediums. I know I think a couple of people were saying, why didn't he go on softs? Why on earth would he? 20 laps on a set of softs. Softs can do about two thirds of a lap at best. <laughs> did we they see anyone use the quality. softs at all? Yeah, I was going to no, say, did anyone use the softs at, at all in the race? I don't think. No. Yeah, I don't think we saw the softs being used by anyone at any point. Uh, so yeah, Max obviously then starts gaining like two seconds a lap. I think he was about twenty-two seconds behind. I want to say when he came out the pit lane, there or thereabouts. 
So at that point, you're sort of thinking, well, with 23 laps to go, this is like a done deal for him as yeah. well there. But obviously, very quickly, the pace, you know, two seconds quickly becomes one and a half seconds a lap. One and a half seconds very quickly becomes one second a lap. And he's obviously then, by about lap 44, has closed right up to the back of Valtteri Bottas. This is where, as a Mercedes fan, you're like, right, right, Bottas, you can earn your seat for next year. In this very moment, you have got such a great opportunity to go to Toto Wolf. This is what I can do for your company. And instead, he defends a move that likely wasn't happening and just throws away the place. He sold himself so early. Like, there was almost no need to go defensive there. And he just went in so deep into the corner. It just made it so easy for Verstappen. Like, I don't know. His I... We said it in Baku review. Like... He has no ability at racecraft at all. <laughs> it's so difficult, isn't it, man? Like, this is what I was wondering, though. Obviously, we see Verstappen. We've seen clips before. I mean, we talk about Bottas tax on the channel <laughs> as well, don't we? But I wonder if Valtteri hadn't have defended, whether Max would have just sent him on him from Probably quite far either. back because he knows Bottas will jump out of the way. Yeah, I maybe. Think the th- yeah. The, the thing was for me in that moment, as obviously if Bottas went too deep into the first part fair enough if he just parked on the right hander like we saw we do to Perez later on he could have held up Verstappen just that little bit more that might have made yeah. the difference at the end of maybe the day. like half a second but even like exactly and that can make the difference in one of these Grand Prix if he just obviously runs wide and then just slams on the anchors through the second part there sits in the way so even if Verstappen gets the switch back on him and gets past him down the next straight anyway at least, hopefully, then he's held him up just enough to make the difference. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great from Bottas, but then straight after that, we saw Hamilton was like four or five seconds ahead, <clears throat> and yes, then he yeah. started he started maintaining. I was getting really worried because the gap was staying at like five seconds for like three laps. Yes, or so. yeah. So Hamilton, I don't know how he does it, but he's just such a tire whisperer that he just ekes out pace from nowhere. And I was worried yes, that he was yeah. just going to win, and it wasn't going to be a fight at all. But then. Luckily, those hards seemed to reach the end of their life a bit, and then the gap were coming down like close to a second lap again. Um, yeah, yeah. I then... wonder if Verstappen sort of just had to cool off the tires a bit, yeah, and then maybe. obviously could go for Recharge it. Recharge a bit of battery again, maybe. Yeah. But do you want to talk us through the lap fifty-two, Matt, as a Hamilton? Fan? Oh well, I was I was going to mention <laughs> first of all, obviously, we saw Bottas getting narky on the radio. Oh um, yeah, that was funny. That was quite a surprise to see. I think. If ever there was a sign, though, that Bottas's time at Mercedes is coming to an end and he knows it, I think now we're seeing it. Mm, definitely. Also, I don't but know if I... you listened to it, but the, you know F1 have started doing these drivers' end-of-race radio things. Yes, yeah. Um, I watched that last night, and Bottas is one. They said, like, well done, about 3P4, everything like that, whatever. And then there was just silence for, like, five seconds. He did not say anything back to his crew after the race. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously not a great look. No, no. I think Bottas and Mercedes this year has been tough, and I think he knows the writing's on the wall at this point. Unfortunately for him, I mean, he's still what sat in P five in the championship. He just got back past Leclerc because Leclerc had a nightmare this weekend. Um, Scored his first point since Portugal. That's mad. (laughs) I hadn't even thought of that. I mean, Monaco wasn't his fault. In all fairness, yeah. (laughs) I hadn't even thought of obviously Monaco wasn't his fault, but Baku was yeah just an atrocious weekend again from him, and he didn't score at Imola, of course. He's yeah, what, he so scored in three Grand Prix this year. No, four three out of four. Seven. Four, four out of seven yeah. in a second best car. That's yeah. worrying. <laughs> uh, so He's got obviously three, three lap... third places and a fourth place now. 
Oh, it's not looking good. <laughs> uh, lap 49, though, uh, quickly Perez obviously jumped Valtteri for P3. That was quite another good move from him up the inside through his scene. Obviously, yeah. Valtteri, fair play for trying to stick it around the outside. It was never going to work, though, for him, unfortunately. He actually defended a bit, at least. He maybe learned from he, the other He Red did Bull. a better <laughs> job, yeah. I think that's the whole thing, isn't it? Verstappen knows he lives rent-free in Valtteri's head. Oh, yeah. Like, just straight up. Valtteri, every time they battle, comes off so much worse. It's beyond. I think the only time I can think of was I think Valtteri defended from him once at Austria. I want to say one year. I don't remember if he did, but maybe I don't know. <laughs> I think Verstappen got him like the next lap anyway, but I want to say yeah, he did maybe. like once, and he almost caught Verstappen by surprise. But yeah, of course. Then, like we said, uh, we see Verstappen the gap coming back down to Hamilton. I think lap fifty-one he started to get the DRS, and I was like two laps to go. Can we see Bahrain 2.0? Jamie, of course, is thinking, can we see the opposite of Spain? Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, lap 52, though, Verstappen gets the run down the Mistral straight, obviously. Hamilton, Red Bull had a quicker car down the straights anyway all weekend. It was just the aero package they'd gone with. And, I mean, Hamilton didn't really defend too hard. There. I think he knew there wasn't going to be a lot he could do. There was no there. need. Obviously, I think either way, Verstappen would have got the lead anyway. Like Exactly, yeah. Unless they Hamilton. come together and Verstappen had come off second best, and obviously yeah. we both know Hamilton doesn't get involved in that sort of incident no. anyway with people. Um, but yeah, no, so I mean, obviously Verstappen got past Hamilton. Uh, everyone was obviously very, very disappointed, including Jamie. Um, obviously, <laughs> then we see Verstappen around the final couple of corners, take the race victory. Fair play to him. I was thinking, you know, if Hamilton had walked away with that win, like say, you know, obviously when the gap stayed level for a couple of laps, if Hamilton had made that work, how psychologically damaging that could have been for Red Bull. Because they think, well, if yeah, we stay out, he beats ways. us. Yeah. If we pit, he beats us. What can we do in these situations? Yeah. But That's yeah, no, this time around, I mean, fair play to Red Bull. It worked really, really well for them. And they did deserve the race of victory. They seemed to be slightly quicker most of the weekend. Hamilton did everything he could, though, obviously, uh, to try and hang on yeah. in there, but it just wasn't quite enough. Yeah, definitely. And it's still a very good race from Hamilton. Like, he did amazingly to keep those tyres as long as he did I think but yes yeah second place it is what it is I'm sure they'll pl exactly. win plenty more win number exactly. 100 is going to come <laughs> oh definitely yeah win number 100 we're still waiting for that this year uh, but yeah one thing I was going to ask though for you Jay I, I did ask Jamie this before the podcast but he told me he wasn't going to tell me until we were doing it so I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm <yeah>. expecting <laughs> great things now why didn't Bottas pit for fastest lap then Jamie am I about so to be amazed yeah, we'll set the, the scene. Verstappen's obviously got fastest lap because he's on the fresh mediums. Mercedes usually, as soon as Hamilton or whoever it is gets past, they just pit them. Usually it's Bottas, to be fair. They just pit them for fastest lap at the end of the softs. They didn't do that with Bottas this time because when Perez overtook Bottas, Mercedes thought that it was off the track for some reason, even though it wasn't. So they started an investigation to Perez, which was going to happen after the race. So they were trying to keep Bottas inside five seconds of Perez because they thought he might get a penalty, which meant that they Fair didn't enough. pit Bottas for fastest lap and instead just kept him with Perez, even though he ended up finishing 5.8 behind. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway. <laughs> yeah, so he was, but, he yeah. was pointless anyway in the end. Yeah, That's so they just fair. I was more impressed with that than I thought I'd be. Fair play. They handed Verstappen an extra point. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, have a look then at the, the rest of your race order. There. Like we said, Perez only finishing eight seconds off Max in the end. That was a really good job done by him. Don't see that from, like, Albon or Gasly at any point. I think, yeah, Perez certainly now is hit his stride in that car, hasn't he? I think start of the Grand Prix, it was a little bit shaky. But, again, bigger picture with Perez, and that's what he's really, really good at. 
in Formula 1. Obviously, Bottas fourth. Uh, can we just for one second slightly worry about the 50-second gap back to Lando Norris in fifth? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, I think it's the first race this season. Maybe Bahrain, actually. But there's been, there was no gap. Or there, no, there was no yellow flags or safety cars or race or red flags or anything like that. So Monaco as well? Yeah, but Monaco is different because everyone's driving as slow as they can. But like at the, at the normal racetrack, there's no safety cars to punch the field up. And the gap is 50 seconds. It's not yeah. looking good. <laughs> no, it's kind of a bit weird, isn't it? Because we've sort of seen like McLaren and Ferrari some weekends generally feel like they can threaten sort of like Bottas and Perez. Obviously, Perez now is hitting yeah. the stride a bit more. But this weekend, it just didn't seem to happen there. I mean, McLaren, again, nailed the race strategy. The fact that Lando Norris spent a lot of the Grand Prix sort of like hovering around 10th and still walked away best of the rest by 11 seconds. Yeah. Ahead of I Daniel Ricciardo, who, fair play, we've got to give a shout-out to. Yeah. Finally, good. a good weekend from Danny Rick. He seems like he's starting to click with that car. It was always a bit weird, wasn't it? We sort of saw Perez click with the Red Bull last weekend. Vettel start to click with the Aston a bit more. Sainz has been pretty damn good in that Ferrari since the beginning of the year. And Ricciardo was sort of like the last piece of the... Well, and that and Alonso were like the last sort of two pieces that needed to fit into their puzzles, weren't they? And hopefully now we're seeing that from Danny Rick. Yeah, he was good. And some of his moves at the start of the race were very impressive. So yes, maybe... I don't want to say he's one. back. <laughs> But you know, he was pretty good. Although he was massively under pressure from Gasly and Alonso at the end. So Yes, yeah. I think everyone did a one stop in the field. Uh pretty much, yeah, looking at it. I think yeah, Gasly obviously Rick another good job in the Alpha Tauri. I don't think their race pace is quite as good as their quality trim. Uh so I think Yeah, he could have he beaten he Ricardo, might have got though, a little bit was... Yeah. He might have got a little bit lucky, obviously the fact Ferrari completely threw it away there. You know, he would have probably been looking at sort of like P eight, P nine, I wanna say. Uh, but, I mean, he, yeah, he did probably. the job at the end of the day and did a really good job. Yeah. I'm a loving his well. hype. <laughs> yeah, no, no fa genuinely, fair play to him. Like, <laughs> week in, week out at the moment, he's doing really well in that Alpha Tauri. I don't know whether, obviously, we think it's worse than it is because of Yuki Tsunoda, uh, but Gasly is getting good points out of that thing. I was yeah. I was a bit worried after, I think, Portugal, wasn't it, where they didn't really do very well, that we'd sort of seen Alpha yeah. Tauri waste their two big chances. And they were yeah. just going to sort of slip back this year. But I think they're going to be in a good battle with Aston Martin. And like we said, maybe Ferrari until the end of the year there. Alonso, decent job done in P8 as well. Uh, bested Ocon all weekend. It was a good result by him. Uh, he's sort yeah, of been definitely. still a bit up and down in that car. But again, it seems like it's starting to click for him. Uh, Vettel and Lance Stroll as well deserve a shout out. Stroll from yeah, the back Stroll of the grid getting from points. From 19th, yeah. I think they, went really, they both went really long on hard tyres to like lap yes, 35 yeah. or 40 even i can't remember what it was but it was stupidly long on the hards and then both of them pit for mediums they couldn't really make that much progress but i think they overtook maybe science i can't science, remember but definitely yeah, yeah. we didn't science see it, it. Going backwards <laughs> yeah we didn't see much of the midfield because obviously the top no four... this is the difficult thing wasn't it yeah we there was genuinely quite a bit going on in the midfield and we just didn't see a lot of it over the course of the race there. Like we said, obviously a really disappointed day for Ferrari there. Sainz down in 11th, Leclerc 16th in the end. I'm sure there's probably a reason why that ended up the way it did, but we don't know for now. George Russell as well. Shout out to him. P12 in the end. And, and meant that Williams reclaimed ninth overall in the Constructors. Mm. Is that it? Is that all I'm getting? Is there, mm. There's millions <laughs> yes, of pounds is, on yeah. the line, Jamie, and you're getting a... Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Sonoda, disappointing day. Then, like we said, obviously, Ocon, disappointing day for him. Uh, Giovinazzi, Leclerc, Raikkonen, Latifi, Schumacher and Mazepin ran out your order. Uh, fair play to Haas, only finishing a lap behind. 
Wow, what an achievement. <laughs> well, generally, they've been worse than that so far. I mean, it's a long lap, actually, so not so fair play. Um, but yeah, no, they did. They were almost somewhat respectable. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it was, it was an interesting one, wasn't it, in the end? I almost got yeah. my top three right as well. If only Hamilton had been three seconds faster over the entire race, we're talking less than a tenth a lap. Half a tenth a lap quicker, Lewis, and you would have won that for me, and I would have got my predictions bang on. Yeah, I think I was completely wrong, to be honest, but you know what, I'll you, take it. Yeah, I think you were. <laughs> <laughs> for second um, one, but I yeah, don't no. care. Exactly. Driver of the day, then, Jamie, for you? Um, who I, I voted for Verstappen. You um, voted for Verstappen. <laughs> but I think Norris deserves a shout, and probably Stroll as well. They were both very good. Yeah, no, so. I'm going to say Verstappen, Ricardo, and Stroll, I think. Just because Norris has been so consistently good so far. But I think, you know, Ricardo finally having a good result in that thing. But anyway, though, next up, double header from Austria. I can't believe we've got three Grand Prix in a row now. Oh, it's, yeah. It's hype right. time in Formula One. Um, <laughs> and Verstappen's going to win both of them. It's great. Verstappen's going to win both, you're saying, are you? Yeah, Austria so, is literally Red Bull's track, so he's won no, that twice before. It wasn't last year, was it? Um, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Alvin, Alvin nearly won. He would have won if Hamilton didn't take him out, but you know. He, he might have bottled No, you say that. Let's not forget oh, the what car happened broke, didn't to it? Alvin. Yeah. The car broke soon after. So, to be honest, that was kind of a blessing for Red Bull in that Grand Prix. Yeah, imagine if Hamilton took the lead and then retired. <laughs> exactly. Through an, because both cars retired through engine failures, didn't they? Or yeah, mechanical issues. Something, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, top three then for Austria race one. Who are you saying? Apparently it might rain, so I'm going to oh, go... Oh, we said that about Paul Ricard, though, and look what happened. No, it actually might, though. We're only a week away from the weather, so the weather's Did more Did you accurate. see the weather for Paul Ricard saying, it oh, was... it actually might, though? It was it the was only three hours of the entire day that it didn't rain. Yeah, F3 was in the wet. <laughs> F3 was brilliant in the wet. Uh, so because it's going to rain, I'm going to go for Verstappen and Hamilton and Norris. Why not? Norris, fair yeah, play. He's good in the fair way. play. I am he gonna got a go. There last year. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. Uh, safety cars and things like that. Um, who am I gonna go? I am gonna go Hamilton, just because there's still a shred of hope inside me. <laughs> um, even though this isn't a particularly good track for Mercedes in recent years, uh, Hamilton Verstappen. Bottas? <laughs> wow, you said that with confidence. <laughs> oh, I've said that with so much confidence. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, that that's going to be my top three, I think, for this one. So we've got Verstappen, Hamilton, Lando for you. Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas for me uh, for the top three for the Austrian Grand Prix. Let us know down in the comments below uh, who you guys will who you guys think will be in the top three. Jamie, anything to add before we finish this one off? Don't think so. It was a very good France race. delivered a race. Can yeah. we appreciate France delivered a Grand Prix? I said it would deliver, and it did. And you laughed at surprised. me, and I was right. <laughs> exactly. You should be very surprised. I was very surprised as well, but I got it spot on <laughs> last week, and I'm taking that as a dub. Um, but yeah, well no, thank you all all so much for watching. If you have enjoyed, do make sure you leave a like and get yourself subscribed. Like we said, uh, we will be back next weekend uh, ready for the Austrian Grand Prix review. So yeah, make sure you get right around here then. Like the video, turn the notifications on, get yourself subscribed as well. We're almost at 15k now. We're into like the final 100 uh, before 15,000 subscribers as well. And yeah, we'll be back next time around ready for the Steermark Grand Prix.
Austria. It's the Red Bull Ring. I don't know why they give it these ridiculous names. <laughs> 